Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the submissive songbirds and dick singing divas. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hello, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the show if you're new, and you know, welcome back if you're not. I am your host, comedian Billy Presida. If you are new to this podcast, uh, this is a show where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. So this week I've got on comedian and former flame of mine, even though she doesn't entirely remember it, uh, Rachel Shank. And I can't wait to share her with y'all in a bit because, oh boy, is she a funny one. She is just a fucking delight. But first, show dates, people, show dates. Okay, uh... Mentor Ohio. I'm going to be up in you on October 8th at Toth's place. Uh, I believe that's an 8 p.m. show. Then I'm back in New York City, November 21st. I'm doing Roast Masters at The Stand. Uh, for more information on those show dates and others, head on over to manwhorepod.com slash comedy. All right, what's going on? So I uh, over the last several weeks, I've been recommending various uh, polyamorous media, so to speak. Sex positive TV shows, movies. There's, there's Monogamish, the documentary with Tao Ruspoli. There's Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman I ranted and raved about last week. This week, I'm going to sort of briefly just recommend that y'all check out this TV show on Netflix, Big Mouth. Uh, it's it's an animated comedy series starring Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, two hilarious comedians, uh, and Jenny Slate. And Jenny Slate's, I think she's also the lead female voice. And it's this. It was recommended to me. It's like the sex positive cartoon about kind of basically about puberty. I mean, these kids they're going through puberty. They're middle school aged, and uh, like there's a hormone monster and cool stuff like that. And and my. Intern is, you know, she's not the biggest fan of the show overall, but we both agree that episode eight titled The Head Push is just a wonderful, wonderful consent driven uh, episode. And you should really all go check it out. It was really I was really stunned, honestly, to see from comedians and especially like some cartoon uh, such an awesome message in the show. In that episode, there's like a house party and there's like a guy and this girl and they're going to hook up and he's trying to get a blow job. He tries to do it by, you know, doing that shitty head push that men are wont to do. I was never really a head push guy myself. I was all, my nervous, nonverbal shitty way to ask for a blow job was I would I put my hands on the shoulders and then like slowly apply pressure you know, just like I was like one of those guys uh, with the forklift in a warehouse who's a union contract and, you know, slowly pushes it down that lever. That was me. I'm not proud of it. And and she kind of pushes back against it. And then the guy ends up getting called out at the party in front of everybody. And all the girls start going like, yeah, he did that with me, too. He did that with me, too. And it's like, is the guy... The guy's like not raping anybody. He's not really committing sexual assault as much as he's just like being not good and communicative in bed. He doesn't know how to ask for what he wants, 
because he's 15 with like no comprehensive sex ed. So why would he know better? And in this climatic moment, when he gets called out, all the women are saying, one, you're a shithead. And then all the boys are trying to side with the guy in that. Well, how do we ask for a blowjob? And one of the girls at this, you know, middle school, high school party just simply says, how about you ask us? You know, even the most enthusiastic cocksucker sometimes doesn't want her head pushed by a total stranger unless like stranger play is her thing. Sometimes it's like, I would be very, very excited to suck your dick, sir, if you would just like ask me or like sexily tell me to, but don't like push my head down that shitty. So uh, I was blown away to see that in a, a cartoon comedy show. Y'all should check it out. It's called Big Mouth. It's on Netflix uh, streaming now. And uh, the head push, that's episode eight. All right. Uh, so last week, we had a fantastic fan whore Facebook Live hangout. Uh, you know, this is that's the monthly Facebook Live session that I do uh, where we kind of recap the month. We go over all that month's uh, great episodes that we had had. We have some discussion topics. This month we had, or last month we had on my intern, Izzy. She joined us. We talked about witches. And the like, uh, we talked about her being engaged at a, an embarrassingly young age, stuff like that. Really cool. Which again, you can go actually watch the replay video of the the Facebook Live hangout on my Facebook fan page. But uh, there's a moment towards the end where I always open the I open the floor for questions, and there was some sort of glitch where I wasn't seeing the questions update. So I thought everyone lost interest. Uh, but apparently I went back and there were, it just wasn't updating. So there are actually a lot of questions I didn't get to. So I'm going to do like some rapid fire question answering right now. I got, I got these four questions from people. I I hate to leave a question unanswered. All right, let's see. Uh, first off we got Stacy. Stacy asked, I personally think you can find a soulmate anywhere you live. What do you think? Do you believe in soulmates? Ooh, no, no way. Not a chance. Any of that hippie woo-woo stuff, not for me. Do I believe in a soulmate and a predestined person? Nah. But do I believe in like insane chemistry? Absolutely. I, f- I think you can find the one or one of the ones anywhere you are. So long as there's just someone else you click with, right? Uh, and they live in your area. Mateo asks, what's the difference between a gigolo and a pickup artist? That's a great question, especially since this week I'm going to be recording with a male escort uh, from Showtime's TV show Gigolos. So it would probably, probably be good for me to know the difference. Gigolo. Gigolo is just, he's a male sex worker uh, who typically fucks women for money. I would say that separates him from like uh, a, a, a guy hooker who, a man whore, if you will, who like fucks either gender or just dudes for money. Uh, gigolos specifically the guys who fuck the ladies for the cash. A pickup artist is a shitty word magician who tricks women into sleeping with them. One I find to be on the more ethical side of things. It's all up front and wonderful and honest. And the other one is a guy who uh, read some books and is scared of women. That's that's difference to me. Next up, we got John. John sa- asks, he says, uh, you said you started this podcast to figure out why none of your relationships worked out. I have been divorced for six years. 22 of the 23 women that I've been with afterwards were married. 
any ideas why single women aren't as attached to me? Uh, that's interesting, I would say. Uh, John, I, I don't know you, so I, I can't possibly give you an answer to that. I don't know who the fuck you are. So I don't know if you're creepy. I don't know if you hang around with mostly married people. I don't know if you, uh, how old you are. If you're older than statistically, you're the other, your peers are also married. Therefore, if you're around a lot of married people, chances are you might hook up with one or, or 22 of them. I, I have no idea why single ladies uh, aren't getting with you. However, I would just say, you know, tread lightly if you're messing with mostly married women. I don't know how many of them are in non-monogamous situations, blah, blah, blah. But if this is like a mainstream, these are mainstream ladies, uh, just watch out. Because like for every married woman you fuck, there's a potentially pissed off husband waiting to chop your dick off. Proceed at your own risk, sir. All right, finally, uh, Jeff Z, he asks, what happened to the Man Whore Podcast live recording? Oh, this this answer is heartbreaking for me. Heartbreaking. Uh, I will do a simplified explanation of this. We were rushed by an employee of the venue before we were done uh, testing the mics and testing the recording equipment. I, you know, I chose to do the show where I did it because it's a fantastic comedy venue in New York City. They've done live podcasts before. They've done live podcasts with the same recording equipment that I use. So I was like, perfect. Like, I'll make less money, but it'll get done properly. And then unfortunately, like the one employee who was in charge that night, she kind of went rogue and forced us to start things before we were prepared. So we got as prepared as we thought we could be, but she kind of forced us to, to... plug things in in the dark and have to test equipment in front of the audience which is really awkward so just by the end of the night when i got home and i listened to the thing we had only the only things that were recorded on the soundboard was was the crowd reaction microphone and my microphone we didn't record anything that my guest said my guest's microphones did not get picked up it was really really sad because they were fantastic I honestly thought to myself, if it was reversed and they had picked up my guest voices and not mine, I probably could have still used the recording because I think we can all agree. Like the women of this podcast are the real stars. I'm just the lucky bastard who had the idea to ask them on. Right. So that was unfortunate. And uh, so now I try to live with the philosophy of that. The live show was this beautiful thing where like about 50 people shared an experience for a couple of hours that was organic and raw and honest, and it can't be recreated or replicated. And it will just be this experience that we all shared. Because if I think about it in any different way, then I'm just heartbroken that I lost an amazing episode. So that that's what happened with the live recording. And speaking of the live recording, uh, this week's guest, Rachel Shank, was one of the four women who joined me on stage to hand my ass to me in front of a paying audience. She was uh, fantastic. At one point, the show just kind of ended up becoming the Rachel Shank show. That's how funny and awesome she was. So let's go ahead and get to me with Rachel Shank. I recall uh, getting lots of laughs from people. And generally being enraptured in the events uh, from the pre from the uh, subsequent guests. 
for the listeners at home, I am now staring off into the distance in futility, trying to recall things. Well, I'll, I'll set a stage while you think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lend, lend me some. Lend me some we'll help see, here. I'll see if we can do like a running start on it. Yeah. You were on the the my first ever live show. It was so much fun, guys. If you weren't there. It sucks to be you. It's not. It wasn't memorable. Like, I can't remember it, but it was fun. It was, it was great. <laughs> it was super fun. It, it was a good night. Sure. Uh, I hope you didn't cry too much afterwards. Uh, nah, not till like later. Not till I got home. Yeah. Not till I realized that the recording was gone. Oh, good. I'm, that glad, was... that, I'm glad that's what made you cry and right. not my lack of memory on things. No, nah, it wouldn't have been that. It was that I got like, there, there are some shots of me that didn't make the Facebook album. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, you I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh, this is the moment where I realized, oh, this was a terrible idea. Oh no! Because there's like three. This is like when it was you, Lee, and Emily on stage, uh-huh. and just you three, real you gals, really enjoyed ganging up, which is great entertainment value. But like, I think there's. A, I feel like I was. I feel like I was the anti-hero of the evening for sure no, because was, I just I told the audience how to behave and was generally like guys can you believe i felt like i was the weird audience conduit in the in the evening <laughs> right because you were like oh th- like I, I don't have netflix like this is my entertainment right yeah. now um no you were fantastic people were like it, it became the rachel show oh, at, no. at one point you know no no Hooray. but that's, that's good you <laughs> I know don't like feel bad but i do <laughs> but i don't but it's like fuck my face like this is uh this the that was part of the downside of when the recording was lost and all it picked up was the audience reaction mm-hmm. and my voice. I go like, if it just picked up the guests, I feel like I could have worked with that recording. Yeah. Because like, I'm not necessary at some extent. The women on this show are the ones who are the most important, in my yeah. opinion. So that's why it was so tragic to like lose. I and mean, you were just fucking hilarious. It was Aww. such a choice casting move to like have you in there and have you go first so you could stay on stage so Mm -hmm. the way the live show was set up everybody is that i had four x's of some variety on stage we use the word x on this podcast very liberally yes Um, yes yes it's anyone i've like made out with heavily terribly liberally Um. (laughs) and i would have a guest come on uh and we would chat for like maybe 10 to 20 minutes and then i'd have the next woman on but the guest prior would just slide down and mm-hmm. stay on stage to do commentary and call bullshit on yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I came out with two drinks in my hand <laughs> because I was like, well, I'm going to be here a while. So let's make that work. Yeah. Uh, and so that, and then, so by the end of the show, there's four women on stage and I'm talking to one of them and three are doing commentary. It was fantastical. Mm-hmm. My ass was handed to me. It was great. Uh, but you were up first, so like you were on stage all night to all just night. say things. You also did a wonderful song up top, mm-hmm. uh, a love song, yeah. uh, as you told me to introduce it. Yeah, it's so, uh, you know, it's for real love, you right. know, the love you have for your uh, uh, your local bodega's cat. Yeah, but tragically, the the recording is gone for forever because the People's Improv Theater, uh, you know, kind of bungled that one. Yeah. Uh, so so I thought like we can kind of relive it a little bit here uh tonight uh, today tonight whatever whenever you're whenever listening you're to this listening, podcast listening listeners is yeah. it first thing in the morning while you're brushing your teeth is it on the train trying to get your ass to work is it 
Right when you're going to sleep and the last thing you hear is the soothing tones of Billy and Rachel talking about their former flames for each other. That last one's kind of weird. Maybe listen to NPR, guys. <laughs> well, so what was it like? So before the show starts, I put you in a green room with like three other women you never met before. Oh, yeah. And a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was like, what, what was that like? I mean, I will I will just speak to uh, my experience of it. And as the uh, the first guest, I was half engaged with the conversation going on because uh, I was mostly just like, I got to listen for my cue. I got to know when it's time to go because I'm a consummate professional, uh, at least when it comes to not fucking up being on stage on time, <laughs> uh, everything else, whatever. Come uh, out double fisting, you know. Yeah, you know, you come out double fisting with a uke in your hand and that's my life. That's just, that's my brand. And... Uh, there's some there's some like warm up happening and 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 the girls are talking about just sort of like their respective like histories and like I'm catching some of it also terrible memory so I don't recall much um of what was said and then the show starts and Billy starts to introduce uh me the first guest and uh I forget the phrasing that you used uh it was something Oh, it was like, oh, yeah, this is a podcast where I get together uh, and talk to uh, to women I've slept with and uh, like a conversation. And when you said women I've slept with, I instantly turned my head to the other three. And I was like, for the record, I never slept with Billy. Like we never did the deed. And they were like, you have to say that first thing when you get on. So I thought that was going to be like the end line. Um, and then you were like, yeah, we met. And then she asked me out. And I was like, yeah, I think I did that over Facebook Messenger. Because mm-hmm. what a creep. Um, <laughs> and then and then we went and saw uh, the Avengers well, movie. Hey, uh, don't, wait, no. don't you dare pretend like you remembered that. No, I'm saying this is <laughs> yeah. how you announced oh, okay, me. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, let me have this victory. I remembered one thing. Uh, and I just like face was got. And I looked at them again and I was like, is that what we did? I don't remember. And then you announced me and I think I played first and then we started talking and I was like, just for the record, I don't remember what we did. I thought we went to dinner in the village once and that was it. Like for real. That's it. That's like, that's my memory. Did we have drinks in this area? Out here in Bushwick? Yeah. No, no. You've never you never came to my place. Okay. Yeah. I had only gone out to your place, uh out okay. in Queens. All right. Cause I for some reason in my head there's a moment where like we were having drinks somewhere. We had drinks at the Bower Street Ale House long after our couple of dates. Yeah. We've had drinks elsewhere, but like okay. that, there was that one, the one you remember in the village. We didn't have dinner in the village, but we had we drinks, drinks out there because like I think I was watching football and yeah, you were, were you were just chilling. like, hey, do you want to like meet up? And yeah. I and that was weird for me because this is maybe at least a year afterwards, and yeah. I'm thinking, huh, like does she want to get? Does she want to like try to like hook up again? Is she trying to date? I don't know. So I'm yeah. just and then, I don't know. I yeah. was just like, whatever. And then, Billy's cool. You said, chill with him. Yeah. And like you had like a sleeveless something on and I'm like, oh, she started growing out her armpit hair yeah. again. Interesting. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, how do I feel about this? Because she's still cute. <laughs> Which sounds like a... Because she's still cute, but now she's a hairy monster. Now she's like a feminist or now something. she's like, uh, <laughs> now she's just fucking lazy. Well, it's just, it sounds like an immature uh, stance, but that's the first time I had encountered 
that in person yeah. and also still been attracted to them. Yeah. So that was a paradigm shift for me that I'm still working through. Mm. Uh, hey, Kenzie. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Kenzie? I don't know you, but I already support your whole life, Kenzie. Yeah, I go like, um, oh, so there was that There's that whole, that was the drinks thing you remembered. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. years prior, you know, we had gone on like, multiple dates yeah and so you come on stage and say like guys i don't remember anything i don't which I is didn't i got no warning on that no. which is comedically the right thing to do oh yeah no i followed that instinct because yeah. we were chatting back and forth about the show and just like yeah you know just like we'll talk about what we did and all this stuff and i was like i don't remember anything but, Should I say something? And then like, you know, that little like performer on your shoulder just went, no, just wait. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Like I knew, I knew exactly what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, when, and especially because you were emphasizing like being open and honest. And I just, I just had this like, this really good feeling that blindsiding you would make for good podcasting. Yeah. Just like... Just dropping that and being like, now what? What? What's, Here's what? this gift. Yeah. I've given it to you. It, Run with it. It's like, what's your plan going to be now? Yeah. I don't have your note card that I had, but like I had some topics yeah. in mind. You know, I was like, oh, you know, maybe we could talk about, you know, what the, because I could legitimately find out how this faded and maybe we could talk about long distance relationships within New York City because yeah. like, you're in Queens. I'm in Bushwick. Mm -hmm. Might as well be in Florida to me. Yeah. Oh, I don't. And then comedy. We're both comedians. Blah, blah, blah. not monogamy oh yay yeah, yeah. and then you just start off with dude i don't remember and Anything. i'm like this this entire show is not gonna go the way <laughs> i imagine is it <laughs> in, in the retelling of this when when years go by and you recount the live show that was lost to time for the manhorn podcast i please just please retell it where when I say this, you just like suddenly pull out a lighter and just light your note card on fire and like, well, fuck this. Fuck all my plans. I like flipped a table on you. And the audience loved it. Yeah. And that ended up being the running joke of the whole show. Is oh, she yeah. just chiming in and be like, I don't remember uh, anything. Anything. Um, yeah. Or just like a random like, I don't know how you guys feel about what's happening, but I am hooked. Uh, just, well, <laughs> how is it? Was it weird to be informed about dates we had been on in front of an audience? For me to tell you, like, yo, we saw Avengers opening night <laughs> yeah. at midnight. I went days early to make sure we had tickets yeah. so it wouldn't be sold out. Yeah. So we could like go together. Oh, yeah. We sat we were in the we were at the Regal Union Square. We yeah. sat in the, the upper bowl the mezzanine. Yeah. yeah. No, now that now that like this has been like brought to light again, I'm starting to remember all that stuff. But in the okay listeners in the live show this is what happened he was talking about the avengers and how we saw it on opening day and i was like oh my gosh i remember how much i loved that movie and like i remember the feeling of seeing it for the first time and maybe that was a bad first date choice because that emotional resonance for me goes mm. to seeing that film for the first time and not so much our date please don't be mad i will always <laughs> love comic book movies more than i love most humans uh that's just how i roll um, but I distinctly remember. And then I leaned, I feel like I leaned over to you and I was like, did we hold hands during the movie? I legitimately did not. I did not remember. Like, you think you got, 
your ass handed to you, I got like smacked in the face with, you're just not a good human, Rachel. You is, just don't remember is anyone. Is this alcohol? Is this like just natural just memory loss? Is this acid? Memory. What is it? I just have a terrible, terrible memory. And it's it's been the bane of my existence for pretty much most of my cognizant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I distinctly... I distinctly recall times when someone has asked me if I remember something and I go, no. When has uh, that smacked you in the face like in real life uh, when there's there was, no audience? There was one time when I was in college and I was uh, sitting with my with my friend Josh and Josh was like, hey, Shank, remember when we did blah, 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 blah. And it was something like really fun that like I should have remembered. I don't actually remember what he said we did. And it was just this look of panic on my face where I was like, no, I don't. We did that. When? What happened? And it's just sort of been this thing. And uh, Mark, my bandmate um, from Afterbirth Monkey, he'll also do that to me. Um, He'll be like, yeah, we did da-da-da-da-da with so-and-so. And And I'm like, what? We did? When was was that? so, I mean, the memories exist in my brain somewhere, and you can, like, somehow access them. Uh, like, I I remember you being there, and I remember we were, we were like, we were right on the, the bulkhead of the yeah. balcony. Like, yeah, we were, we were in, in like, the best seats I thought, like, movie. look at me. I chose great seats for this pretty gal who asked me oh, out no, it for was, Avengers, it was, and then yeah. nothing, yeah. no impact. <laughs> but nothing, nothing really leaves an impact on me, so... Mm. I'm like a weird, almost 51st dates kind of person. How's your boyfriend feel about that? Um, Do you forget stuff that he does for you or? I don't know. It's too soon to tell. Like we've been dating. I thought you were going to say, I don't know, dude. I don't remember. (laughs) Man. Yeah. Uh, What what was that like sitting on stage, especially as a person who didn't even remember much from our history? So what was it like sitting there watching me get into with these other three women oh my god it was better than tv it was (laughs) so much i'm so i am so very sad that the the live show is lost because there were legitimately moments where i was just sitting with like my elbows on my knees just like wrapped in what was happening just and we had what was it two mics to share between the four of us by the end? The 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 three by the end of it, the three people not on like there were three mics total. So it was me and the guest, and then the three of y'all were sharing Drink. one mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I distinctly recall like grabbing the mic from Lee and just being like are you all as hooked on this as I am? Because this is insane. And the audience just like lost it. Cause like they were like, this was like Springer, (laughs) but like not, but you know, like that you, we as humans, we like, I don't want to say we get off on the human experience, but that's kind of what we do. You know, it's why we, it's why we love theater. It's why we love reality TV. It's why we love the human existence so much and why we love to watch it happen because it's so fascinating. Uh, it's why storytelling and stand up comedy is so popular, you know, because people just like the connection. And I think even though it might have seemed like, you were having a hard time and like being like very 
I don't want to say maligned, but like, you know, like, you, as you say, ha- having your ass handed to you. I don't think there was a single moment where everyone in the audience was like, oh, I don't get that. Because we've all been there. We've all been through all this shit. And it's humanizing to watch someone else go through it because then you connect. Mm. You know, I I totally know. When I said, I don't remember you, like you and what we did mm-hmm. and like all of this, that someone in the audience was like, oh, yeah, I've been there. You know, I've had that because everyone's had that moment where you like bump into someone that you like know that you should know, but you don't know. Yeah. I just like my life is just a more extreme version yeah. of that uh, <laughs> where it's like we did what with what now? Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, and it's and it's a way to connect people and let them know that they're not alone Hmm. and i think that's cool i think that's important and i'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass not at all but you know i think that's i think that's the whole point of listening to like real stuff like podcasts and Hmm. and and stand-ups for better or worse but like that honesty that being genuine kind of thing yeah. It matters. And also, it makes for some really good live show <laughs> shit, man. Because holy crap, it got buck fucking wild. Was this from like years ago? No, this was very, very... Oh, the podcast that I was on? Yeah, that was a couple years ago. It was called The Epic Podcast. Because you you talked about it on our first date. Actually, the movie was not our first date. Now I'm... Rem- that's coming back to me. One, well, this don't was... you feel shitty for giving me crap for forgetting? You forgot. Oh my! Did we not see a vet? Did uh, hey Yanni was Avengers two thousand twelve the first one? We didn't see Avengers one. We saw the sequel because I had already started doing my podcast when we went out. So we must have seen Avengers the what the sequel. The second Avengers movie. The second Avengers. It had to have been. Did we? It had to have been because there's no way we went out 2012 because I was not, I didn't have the podcast then. And on our first date, we were at a bar right off the Marcy J and, uh, and, and we were talking about it. Is that whenever we were, we were having drinks and then you walked me to the train and there was a checkers nearby and you were like, I'm going to go eat that checkers. Probably. Yeah. That sounds like me. <laughs> That uh, sounds like and you me. were and you were like self-loathing about it. Possibly. You were like, I shouldn't, but I'm gonna. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I remember. But that's, I- that was the that was <laughs> the first date. I remember. I remember you wanting to eat checkers and feeling really bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the first day. Avengers yeah. was the second yeah. day. But I remember this also because like at the end of like the the drinks date. Um, I like, I did a weird thing. I'm a weird, I'm a bad guy. I, Mm. there was, I was waiting for you, uh, before the date Mm -hmm. and I was talking to some woman and then I went to like tie my shoes and there was a phone, iPhone on the ground, which was clearly like (gasps) she dropped her phone or something and I covert took it (gasps) and immediately felt bad and figured out a way to get like, I tried to make it, yeah, I basically got in touch with someone through her phone, uh-huh. and then I got to a place so that I could return the phone. 
because I was like, oh, there's a phone and I could like sell it. And then, but I was, immediately after, I was like, I can't do that. That's a yeah, shitty thing to do. So I, I made sure to give it back and I didn't ask for a reward or anything. I didn't ask for it. I just was like, here's your phone. You're yeah. good. Because uh, like, I don't have the balls to steal someone's phone. Oh. oh, no, no. You know what it was? I was returning the phone that day. Yeah. I had done that at Lone Wolf Bar like the night before. Nice. And, um, and I returned the phone before to her. we met. Well, at no, the bar. No, no, was she at the bar? No, the bar was uh, right at the front no. door, but we had just, I don't think, yeah, and like met We her. sat was, at the bar, I remember. It was like dark and there, it was an no, itty bitty bar. No, we, no, no. No, this don't was ask like a, me. Yeah. Listen, I really, listen. Remember, she remembers b- nothing. Bonus uh, episode <laughs> listeners. Uh, I'm going to go real full disclosure with you here. Uh, and I need you to know, uh, when I talk to you, I have a focal point that I look at like I am addressing you. This is how much I want to connect with you and how much I want you to understand uh, this uh, this human mechanism that is Rachel Shank. Um, between finishing the episode and doing this bonus content, I went to pee. And when I went in there, I pulled my leggings down and realized that I had forgotten to take off the skirt that I was wearing um, because I was doing the outfit change thing. So I shit you not, guys. I forgot to take off an article of clothing before putting on a new article of clothing. Uh, so I am literally wearing a pencil skirt under a dress. And I did not know I had done this. So there you go. Uh, if you want to take a photo of that, because it's real funny for the bonus uh, subscribers, sure. I think that what will be great. Got? Here we go. I'm going to stand up and lift up my dress. Look at this skirt. It almost looks like it fits with the outfit. Yeah, see, I'm an idiot. I wouldn't know that you're not supposed to be wearing that. No, this is a completely I don't different. Know. This is an H&M basic pencil skirt. And I was wearing like a shirt. And I was like, I don't love this shirt. I don't feel great in it. But then I'm this gonna, is your nanny yeah, uh, skirt. Also. Yeah, I'm going to wear my Windy Darling yeah, dress. Windy Darling. Uh, and my little like utility belt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I, I, yeah I, I, that's I, how forgetful I am. <laughs> I gotta say, like when it comes to romance and relationships, like my endings with those are never hard. Like mm-hmm. I've never had like a really difficult breakup. Like when it comes to romance, it's like it's over when it's over and it's done. You know, like people break up with me and like it hurts and I'm sad. But my response is always like okay you know i'm never like let's make this work babe let's like really like what's wrong here like let's do it it's just like you're done then that's fine like i'm Mm. not gonna i'm not gonna stand in your way you know it's over it like learn from it move on but like friendships for me those end hard Mm. like those end tragically um those end with people like writing each other off um and I never want that. Like, that's never like my goal. But I've just noticed that when it comes to people that I become real good friends with, yeah. like, if they don't move away to LA, Mark, uh, <laughs> who is not going to listen to this, um, they like just disappear from my life. I should start a, a friend whore podcast. Just talk to all your former Tar- friends that you Talk to all my former with? best friends who yeah. I don't talk to anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd listen to that. that I that do would get, it. That would probably get more heated than how this show normally goes. Yeah. Yeah. For I, sure. The thing is, I feel like I would not be able to get any guests because these people adamantly don't want to talk to me. But I, and you like, know, I have that trouble too. Of getting, it's hard for me to. People go like, "Oh my god, is that like they just yell at you?" I mean, like, not really. The ones who don't. The ones who does. Yeah. The ones who dislike me. 
the people I've hooked up with who don't like me anymore, mm-hmm. they have all said no to doing the show. But like, I tell, look, I gave you all this speech before the show. I say, be open, be honest. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be nice. So it's like, if you think I'm a shithead, I'm giving you a platform to tell thousands of people that I am what also- a garbage person. Right? Yeah. You'd think people would jump at the opportunity. Yeah. Um, especially because they get to do it anonymously. Yeah, but you know, you, you fall into that old, like, Facebook page thing, you know, where especially in the comment section, you know, when you when you go to comment on someone something, you're already coming from a position of being on on their side. You're their Facebook friend already. Um, And the moment even if someone is is just living in their emotional truth and just sharing and it turns your your friend into a. uh, uh, to a bad light you are already biased mm-hmm. and i'm sure a lot of your guests were you're not guests um who in your opinion you're giving them the opportunity to like shed light yeah. on something that's ugly um in their emotional journey with you there's already that bias by being on your show where you mm-hmm. have your listeners you know and but those listeners are never going to know like the bad sides of me other than what they hear. Be like, but it's pretty condescending and unfunny. Uh, but other than that, they don't know like the wrongs I've done. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm not an angel. I'm certainly not a horror show. I'm not like a, there's no like Harvey Weinstein scandal yeah. with me. But like, you know, I, I'm not proud in every interaction I've had with people I've been no, out with. And no, and one, no is. one is. Yeah. No, like, I literally was just thinking about this the other day. Um, the idea that we will be remembered longer for our foibles, for our sins, than we ever will be remembered for our good deeds. Like the times when we fail, when we're not at our best, when we're just shitty people are the things that that other people remember us more for. Like I will be remembered as the person who didn't remember someone and they were offended more than being remembered for the time that I returned a phone to a young lady. But that's the thing. I don't, I don't buy that completely. I think like for, for example, as a performer, as a comedian, I Mm -hmm. think you, yes, there are going to be people people who are not like the person you had the podcast roommate thing with. Like they probably feel wrong for some made up reason. And I mean, I was, I definitely was not the kindest I could have been. So you, you to them, you might be remembered as that, but like someone else, like you brought joy to someone in an audience who really needed it and happened to connect with your act in particular. Yeah. And even if they don't remember your name, you are remembered to them. Yes. And And, that's, but see, even then what you're saying is someone remembers my act. Someone remembers a piece that I made. And they remember you. And if they pass you on the street, they might stop you and say, oh my God, I saw you at a show years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry, I don't remember your name, but like it, you were so fucking funny. And mm-hmm. I was having a rough breakup with my boyfriend and you did a song about butt stuff. And we used to do really butt stuff all, all the, the time. time and yeah. it, it helped me with that. But the, and, but the emotional resonance in, I mean, again, this is like comparing apples to oranges okay. for sure. Sorry. Um, like I don't eat fruit at all, so <laughs> the the idea that this one person is going to remember me as the woman who kicked him out of his apartment mm-hmm. versus being remembered as this stranger on a stage who made them laugh once. Like, which one's more emotionally resonant? The one where I was crappy, you know, 
that that's because that one has a direct impact of me being a person at someone else mm. and like that reaction like that human interaction not that artist to patron artist to audience member kind of thing like and the reason i the reason i bring sure. this up and it, it's getting so like up my sorry, own ass sorry. about it um is because i spend a lot of time talking about the history of new york and the people that shaped it and i spend a lot of time like talking about these mostly men who who established shit here and they were slave owners and they were racist and they lived in a very strictly patriarchal society and it's just like central park is beautiful central park is an incredible piece of new york you know like New York is vastly improved because of it. You know, there was there was a ton of disease at the time it was uh, brought to uh, its beginnings. You know, people were living in tenements. It was awful. It was awful. Mm -hmm. But to build Central Park, New York City created eminent domain and kicked out an entire group of people these irish people these black, black people, people yeah. you know these like, villages that will always that will now be forgotten yeah that are just lost and and it's so like everything everything is a gray area like being alive existing on this planet is like just a shit ton of gray areas and i'm not saying it to excuse the actions i'm saying it to humanize all of us like we're all of us shitty but we're all of us awesome yeah. you know and this just went on a weird turn oh no, this is fantastic like this is, welcome please. welcome to the bonus content patrons uh and i think this is so good i might make this the normal episode oh no <laughs> i mean whatever I uh and all we can do on our end on our end as one person to another person is just be kind, you know, just try and not fucking suck, you know, but we all are, you know, but if you're trying not to, you know, if you're making a legitimate, legitimate, like weighing of the scales in your interactions with people. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm very flip about forgetting things. I'm, I always bring it back to this because sure. this is just, I think this is a really like great platform for me to explain like when I forget someone I laugh about it I do because like I'm just like oh Rachel classic idiot but I do I do feel a, a genuine like embarrassment about it because I don't it's not like I don't want to remember it's mm. just like I don't and it's just like something that I deal with and I always feel slightly anxious about it seeing someone that i like recognize and i'm like oh god like i know i know you but i don't remember how or why or like what i did um to or around you um and i have no good jumping off part to that that's just well, well what you're talking about with the you know we're going to be remembered for this or that or yeah. you know um even if i think you do i just good, like on a grand scale like just when you talk about the gray area, it makes me think I extend this to a different thing that I, I've brought up to friends in conversation a lot. And when you, if you talk about say feminism or social justice, um, we will sometimes will go nuts when someone says something problematic or say the wrong thing, or even if it's, um, a not 
there was no malintent, but they said a thing that's mm-hmm. like quote unquote wrong. Yeah. They, a comedian makes a joke that uh, tries, a, attempts a joke that just doesn't go over well or is the wrong way or something, whatever yeah. it is. So it's <clears throat> my question has been uh, as someone who has been yelled out on Twitter on um, mm-hmm. more than one occasion for being an ass. Yeah. Self admitted ass. Uh, does doing and saying all the right things get negated by the one slip up? And also, likewise, if someone is that asshat, is hateful, is, you know, hates the queers and all that stuff. But if they have that momentary time where they say, like, oh, I hate the queers, but like, you know, they do deserve the right to serve in the military. Like, does that negate all the bad? So it's like all these lone instances, do they truly call into question all the other side of it? So if you said the one bad does it take away all your good and, and, and vice versa. Um, there's that gray area in that we are not all perfect. You can show me the most politically correct, most activisty person, mm-hmm. and I can find you a time they said something that marginalized and oppressed somebody. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that doesn't take away from all the good that they say and do and believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you know, people go around and say like fake feminists. I'd be like to you know, certain people, and I'm just like, is it or did they just say one thing you didn't like? Yeah. Um, or even three things you didn't like versus hundreds or thousands of you know other things that were positive. And I good. think that instance, the moment someone does or says something problematic, does not define them as a human. I think what really defines them as a good person or as someone who is trying to be an ally is trying to be receptive is taking that negative criticism and not necessarily internalizing it and being hurt by it because we all say and do hurtful things all the time. I think it's taking that and growing from it and changing from it. And I have a prime example of when I fucking sucked at this. Um, There's a music video Uh, that After Birth Monkey did called It's Raining Dicks. And to most people... Does that go to the melody of the song I'm thinking? No, it doesn't. It's like this weird rap song and we use like a puppet effigy. So it's not, it's uh, raining dicks. No, 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 no. Uh, It's on our first album, which is not very good. (laughs) Um, And this music video is fine. Um, But it kind of... We treated this, uh, this bit of content not delicately i will definitely say like we had a grandiose plan of having like zombies and making it a very much like a zombie kind of element but we didn't we didn't stick that and it kind of came out half-assed so the idea of the of the piece was there were going to be all of these like horny zombies chasing us because the whole premise of the song is we're musicians everybody wants to have sex with us you know which is a funny light-hearted concept um but in the delivery of the music video it because the the quote-unquote what we called on the day the dick zombies don't look zombie-ish because we didn't get a makeup artist and we didn't like really they just look like dudes like chasing us and it it I thought a different thing. Like we did all the things we wanted to do, but we didn't stick the landing on really displaying our inner idea of like, it's like being in a zombie movie, you know, and like zombies can run up to people and bite them. And like, no one is, is triggered by that because that's totally fake and like absurd. And like you live that. And uh, a young woman came up to me, um, during a discussion, a bunch of us were having about like the problematic nature of comedy. 
um, which was something I was thinking about a lot. And she came up to me and she and she said, hey, I saw that music video that you did. And I got to say, like, it's not. It's it's it comes across as a little insensitive to people who have been the victims of assault. And she didn't say it like that. It was like, like a we were all drinking backstage and you know, you say stuff. And I took it in and instantly rejected it. I was like, oh, you're just mad because blah, 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 blah. You know, and I did that. I don't think I, I, I don't think I did it outwardly because she and I still have a very good relationship and like she's booked me on shows and like, we like we're very cordial to each other and I tried very hard to take what she said but I just like I was still so attached to the project and it was still my baby and I still didn't like see it in that way that I was like oh well she's just being sensitive you know like blah 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 and like some interpersonal stuff like played into it as well and I was like she's just just being mean for the sake of being mean to my art and she's being a snowflake yeah not necessarily being a snowflake but like the idea that like you're you're not taking the thing you're just going like whatever yeah um i to bring a little more like personal context to it um the puppet that we used was someone that i had been seeing romantically for a while Mm -hmm. and shortly after we stopped seeing each other they started seeing each other um and this video came out and it displays that puppet like having a threesome with the band um And then there's also like a moment where very ridiculously Mark and I are in uh, a bathroom and then like a zombie comes in who's not in zombie makeup, which is why I'm really like we didn't stick this and like comes up and like starts like dry humping one of our legs or something. And it's all supposed to be very absurd and very ridiculous. And we were like, oh, yeah, but looking back at it, like knowing what I know now and like understanding things and being a better like ally i definitely see now where she was coming from and i think i didn't at the time and i wrote it off and i was really shitty and butthurt and i really hope that i didn't come off that way i hope i didn't come off like a comedian who said a bad joke and is like well it's your fault for not laughing um because that's not that's not ever what i want to do but it it came out that way where How, I. How'd you transition from from the first reaction from being butthurt though to this better understanding? Like, did that take I, a long time? It Was took it... A, it took quite a while. It really did, and it really came about when everyone started being more vocal about their history with assault and their and their and their open and honest. Uh, sharing like the hashtag me too and you know this like beginning world like that video came out and then a lot of the burlesque scene exploded with the 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 pointing out of predators in in oh yeah i remember him he used to do coat check at uh at at my sex party yeah um and And then then they had to ban him and just like all of this started happening and i became aware I became understanding and I realized looking back on my works and and what I had created I just I was dumb I was dumb back then I was unaware I was blissfully ignorant and now I'm not and I gotta say like 
the song It's Raining Dicks is very funny. Very funny still. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. But that music video... It's very funny. And it's on iTunes available for purchase. Yeah. But it's... <laughs> it, it's It's funny because it's making fun of the idea of being a celebrity and like that like star fucker quality. When you look at Mark and us, you're like, no, like for real though? Like, no. Most people thought we were dating. But the music video missed it. It missed the mark. It absolutely did. And I'm embarrassed about it. And sometimes I think about asking to take it down and like getting rid of it or, or like apologizing for it. But it's my past. It's there and I have to deal with it. And while I don't think it's damaging, I think it's it's important if someone goes, this is damaging for me to be like, I I know I'm sorry like I just like I don't know like do I remove it do I keep it because if so, like and I, I mean it's just one person who said this to me and I don't know if other people feel that way and I'd love if they do feel that way to like come to me um so in and, and this and also there's also the issue yeah. of like I think Mark's still really really proud of it sure it was very well edited like if they had, if they had been truly zombified, I think the message would have been different. Mm -hmm. um, but we missed it. But instead, it just looks like dudes. Well, dudes to chasing rape. us, yeah. trying to like have sex with us forcibly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it gets pretty bad. I mean, um, and, but it's it's cool that you didn't go with the like the com the quote unquote typical comedian reaction. Like, like well, well, you just didn't get it. Yeah, and and but the thing is, sometimes that's very valid. Like, and uh, like my well, yeah, sometimes it is just. And I was talking about this last night. I had a date, and we were talking. She's very PC and polite and mm -hmm. wonderful. But you know, I was talking, and she's in like poly PC world. And yeah. we were talking, and I was saying, yes, sometimes a lot of joke stuff are a lot. One, just a lot of jokes are bad because a lot, a lot of anything is bad because most things suck. Yeah. Uh, so like you know, if you're talking about rape jokes, yes, most rape jokes are not funny and they suck. But also, most jokes about like airline food are also suck because most jokes. Suck. suck um and so sometimes it's just like it's not good uh sometimes they're coming from the wrong angle where you're like yeah. oh this person truly believes that like that a woman shouldn't wear that when she's walking home at night yeah and that's when that's shitty but sometimes yeah. people just jump at a topic and they go like well that's not f you can't ever joke about it. that's not funny and sometimes i say i think the reaction and you get more at least traction with with com with the comedy community quote unquote mm -hmm. is if instead of saying that is problematic or this this is that or i didn't like that, you just go it, i didn't think it was funny because if you say like you can't do it what's the comedian reaction well yes i can yes, first I amendment can. Blah, blah, blah. blah 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 but if you yeah. say it's not funny i like the mo the worst i can do is say well you didn't get it yeah but if audience after audience doesn't laugh at it be like fuck it wasn't funny and that hurts my feelings way more than any other criticism yeah. of the joke is just is if it's not funny that's embarrassing yeah you know like um yeah and i and i think like do your art and do do it but like if someone's going to feel what you did so much that they want to talk to you about it mm-hmm maybe they don't express themselves in like the best way. Like the joke wasn't funny. Like it was really offensive or whatever. Maybe take a moment and dissect it on your own. Like, 
empirically don't like dissect it as as this is your child and you've made it and now someone said your child was ugly dissect it in the same way you would your own self-editing you know just like put their filter on your shit and be like i can see where maybe this is not the best it can be i can see where i missed the mark and maybe i gotta change it or maybe Maybe. i don't have to change it but i at least see where you're coming from yeah and and at the very least be like i'm sorry it's a it's and at the very least be like it's a work in progress you know like art is never done yeah you know and acknowledge them as a person that like felt hurt or felt upset and and understand everybody's got their own shit like trigger warning you know like being alive is a trigger warning and that's for sure but like if someone is going to be open enough to share with you that vulnerability that anger that that upset i don't think it's it's a service to anyone if you instantly just shut them down and be like you didn't get it you know you can always you can always be more empathetic and be like i'm so sorry i or not not even i'm sorry but like i see you and i understand that what i said was hurtful that what i said was this you know and acknowledge that and, and have you used that filter since then to when, well, when making new art? I haven't done anything where anyone has come up and been like, that's problematic. But like um, even in making it, have you like used filters like that to go, well, I obviously think this is great, but I wonder if anyone else would see this in a way that could be an issue. Yeah, totally. Um, there, I can't remember what the song was. We were working on something and I just had a feeling where I was like, I just don't think this is going to work. And we just like scrapped it. Mm. And I can't recall what it was. Um, It was like we thought it was really funny when we were making it. But then there was kind of a moment where if if it was to be. I remember what it was. I remember what it was. And we did perform it and people loved it. But I never wanted to do it again. Um, And I honestly like hate it um we were doing uh afterbirth monkey we were doing this thing called the smallest penis in brooklyn pageant yeah Um, yeah 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 that's a it's a annual thing around yeah 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 and we'd done it for a few years and the first year we did it when it was at that old tiny king's county Mm -hmm. bar um i I think it was like the third year they'd done it i don't know if they do it anymore because king's county saloon is closed Mm. um but the first year we did it we had a couple songs about dicks you know like a funny song like you have a tiny dick and then it's raining dicks where we like shoot a dick water gun at people and we wrote a third song called all the black men have giant cocks um and it's a very straightforward title yeah and it was right for that audience because it was a, a, a day to be offensive and frivolous and silly. And then Mark wanted to push it forward to be more of a song and like more of a thing. And I just remember being like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is necessarily punching up. I don't think it's really bringing anything to the table that needs to be brought. And I don't really. I don't feel great making this objective statement. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel I don't feel like it's kind or comfortable, you know. Were you like, comfortable with it even just at that pageant or um, did you kind of make your it was, peace? It was it was one of those it. things where we were looking at dicks in a bar all day. Like anything could have happened. You know, anything created on that stage was going to be like copacetic. I mean, save of course like grabbing anyone inappropriately. But so it was it was it was the right song for that atmosphere because yeah. that was it a primarily white audience, white Brooklyn hipstery audience. Just out of I curiosity, because when you say like, yeah, it was a, an appropriate because we were at a dick thing, but also like, was it like a primarily like white crowd with white people doing a thing about black guys with giant cocks? I don't because distinctly then recall. Someone else might still go like, I still don't think that was a proper audience. Yeah, right, and yeah. and to that I would say, yeah, you're probably right, mm. and 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 maybe I am just apologizing for it right now. But after doing it that one time, and it went over super well, it was very funny. Um, I just didn't want to pursue it anymore. I wanted to like. Yeah. Let's put that to bed. Let's like, not that's, make that downloadable. Let's, let's not. Let's not make that something that comes up ten years from now. Can go with us places. <laughs> and Mark kind of disagreed, uh, but I just like I didn't want to work on it. I didn't want to like workshop it at all because it just didn't. It didn't feel like right. And like I love making dick jokes, but I also like when we make when we make dick jokes that are sort of like referencing us like you have a tiny dick is about mark you know in like this fake situation where we're a romantic couple Mm -hmm. and we're both lamenting how small his penis is you know and like in the song it's like i really love him so much but his dick is so little and like he's right there and we really like added to that by like making a little tiny dick puppet that he'd wear so it was like, then we're looking yeah. at his tiny dick, you know, because then it's like we're we're sending each other up. And I think there's a difference because you already know there's consent between the two of us because we're singing a song about it. Yeah, and it's about him, not just it, about yeah. tiny dicks, not and, about anyone and in the And It's Raining Dicks dick. is about this ridiculous idea that people want to have sex with musicians. Um, like the first line is, when we started up a band, however could we know we'd get a following of horny after bros? Like... We're already starting from a position of like, why, like, it's almost a send up of the idea of like groupies and all that. And again, it's about us and like our personal experience with it versus this song where it was like an outward observation. Black men have big dicks. And that's a different thing. That's not funny. That's not a send up. That doesn't come back to us in any way. Yeah, yeah. That's us pointing over there and being, oh, look at that yeah. guy. And you know, and giant cock. Yeah. And that's look not. Look at him. Ha ha. And that's, and that's in a weird, and that's in a definite, that's, a, that's the textbook definition of punching down. And you should never punch down. Even if it is like a compliment, it's a racist compliment. Mm. You know, and. And I'm glad that that bit is dead and I'm sorry that we did it. Uh, And if someone had come up to me that day, I probably wouldn't have been receptive in the right way. You know, I'd have been like, well, it's a joke. Like, just take the joke. But like, it's a bad joke and it should be killed. Kill Mm -hmm. that darling. Kill it. Murder in the face. (laughs) Kill it with fire. And Uh, he he still has it on the on the list of MP3s. So... 
whenever like someone doesn't like hit the cue fast enough and turn our tracks off that thing will start up and i hate it and i hate it and i want him to delete it time for the fan whore appreciation moment all right this is the part of the podcast where i like to thank members of my fan whore community on patreon directly uh one by one if you don't know what patreon is it's kind of like a monthly fan club subscription You choose how much money you want to pledge, and depending on how much you pledge, you get various types of rewards, which no matter how much money you give me, you're always going to have access to bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. Right now, I want to give a shout out to Heather S. Thank you for your longtime membership. You are just fantastic. Uh, Heather actually was at Man Whore Con, and she was quite the hit with everybody. Uh, Everyone was a big fan of her. She was actually so kind. Not only does she, uh, not only is she a member on Patreon, but she also sewed me a, a, a unicorn rainbow pillowcases. How adorable is that? So thank you, Heather, for your membership. Uh, thank you to Scott J out in Kuwait. I didn't even know that my podcast was legal in Kuwait, so that's pretty cool. Thanks for repping out in one of those smaller countries, man. Appreciate it. And McKenna, thank you so much for being a loyal fan whore. I think the most I have on McKenna is if I if I found the right McKenna. Uh, I believe that in 2015, she campaigned to be commissioner of ecology at her, her university or high school. Not sure which, but you know what? She's into the environment. So that's like, I don't know, maybe like an ecosexual. And she's into this podcast. So thank you, hon, for all your support. And you too can support me and the Man Whore Podcast by becoming a member on Patreon. Membership begins at just $1 per month. Head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast for access to dozens and dozens of bonus episodes. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. But now back to me and Rachel. Well, you guys don't perform anymore, right? No, 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 no. But no, now, no. and so at the live show when we were we met, you know, beforehand, I'm trying to catch up with you. I hadn't seen you in at least a year and a half, maybe two years, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, so what's going on? Tell me. Oh, how's after? And then you were like, actually, there's no more Afterbirth Monkey. Yeah. We broke up, and you look so almost sad about it. I mean, you might have just been tired that night. I don't know. But no, I am legitimately sad. Yeah. Like, when when like, we made good things, we made great things. And like, he was and not. No- a, a romantic or sexual partner because no. he's a gay man. He's a very correct? gay man, very much married, <laughs> monogamous, out out of the question. And but but you, yeah, but was that worse than some of the romantic breakups you've had? Oh yeah, I took it real hard. Um, harder harder than when we didn't work out. Rachel. Oh, so much harder. <laughs> oh, um, and it's weird on a personal level about that. Um, his move to L.A. was the second we're going to move thing like a year before that they, they were asked to relocate for the company to Colorado. They were going to move to Denver. And so like for a year they were like, okay, we're going to move to Denver at the end of this year. And like, like we were setting up a going away show. We were, we were doing it. And then the time came for them to move. And then the deal fell through and they didn't move yeah and so like i mourned his loss like for that year i was like getting ready like i was like what am i gonna do with my life and then he didn't move 
and it and was like, was like hooray yay and then we had like one more year let's together sing more about dicks. yeah let's sing more and then we got the studio album out and like right after we got the studio album out almost suddenly it was like okay we're now gonna move to la and it was one of these weird moments where i was like they sat me down and they told me that they were moving and i went oh okay and like because i'd already like processed losing them and i was like i did this already when when you guys were gonna move to colorado i'd already done this so it was really like not a big deal suddenly and then i ended up moving into their apartment so now i sleep in the bedroom that they lived in oh gosh it's like moving in the grandma's room after she dies not really. No. Okay. okay. Yeah, I got a dope ass apartment oh, man. now. That's that's um, that's like it's one. So of, rad. That's like one of the many moments from the live show where I was like, "Yeah," and everyone's like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah. That was the other fu- harsh part of the show was just like, you know, Billy was not nearly as funny as he thought he was. Yeah. By <laughs> uh, a live audience to confirm it. This oh time. boy. Oh, oh no. Yikes. I literally got an email last night being like, "I, Billy, I've listened to every single episode. I've been binging you for the last like year." And I don't know why I still listen, but I do. So, like, I enjoy it. I think you make me laugh sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> Literally, I got this last night. And I'm like, I'm going to answer this in the morning because this is a weird fucking Shit. email. Yeah. Ashley. Um. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. You just added her. Uh, <laughs> I just sub-podcasted her? Yeah, you, that's a new phrase that the kids are saying. But yeah, so you did, you know, you, you guys break up and yeah, it's kind of like a romantic breakup. Yeah, and what's really, what's really bizarre is because the transition was like something I thought I had, had, had adjusted to and then I ended up living in their apartment so it like never yeah. felt like they were gone. Because, like, there are still, like, echoes of them there. Like, the chalk wall that they painted. And it says, we love you because of a limitless number of reasons. And so it was, like, it never felt like they were gone. Even though they were, you know? And did you did you cry much with that? Something? No, did you, did you ever I didn't. Get randomly- and then I went to visit them in Santa Monica this September. And I, I went for two weeks. I, like, sublet my room. I was, like, going to make a deal of it. Um, and the first, like six days i was just weirdly miserable and i just i didn't know why and i was like i think i just hate la because the last time i was there i had a really bad experience um and i just was like i think la just sucks i think that's just it i think i just hate it here and then on this like sunday night I had just had a really bad day. I went to a thrift store and like nothing fit and I felt so fat and I didn't have anybody to hang out with and I wanted to go to the beach, but I didn't go by myself. And it just like, it was just miserable. And like Mark tried to make plans with me to hang, but then he got really busy at work and he didn't. And I was sitting at this bar with his husband, Chris. And I just like, I felt this knot start to like well up in my throat. And like he's watching the game and like we're eating and I'm like having a beer and all of a sudden I just start weeping and I'm just crying and I can't stop. I'm just like blathering on and on and on and I just like cannot turn off this like huge like weep sesh and all of a sudden like I'm crying. I'm like I hate it here. I'm so fat. It's so dumb here. It's like so slow and like I can't get anywhere. And I was just, I've missed you for seven months and I realized that I missed you all this time and I never acknowledged it. I was so busy in New York and I just started a relationship with this guy. My life is just like in the way, but I needed you and I didn't 
acknowledge that and it all just came in like one wave and I just let it go and I called John and I like cried at him and I just like spent this whole evening just like a teary mess and the next day I woke up and I was like I hope I wasn't too much yesterday and they were like no it's fine like we get it like have emotions and the rest of my trip was amazing like I loved it like it's just I had to get it out so yeah, that's the most I've ever cried losing someone. Honestly, it was your bandmate? It was my bandmate after seven months of him being gone? And how long were you all singing together? Uh, three, four yeah, years. That's a significant relationship. Yeah, very significant. Yeah. Um, Longest relationship you've had? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. That's Does Mark have a tiny dick? I don't know. We don't know. Still we don't, don't know. Really, in all that time, just never. Never be like, hey, you're gay and whatever. Like, you know, we're just for some it's reason really naked. It's really funny. No. Um, we once did the naked show with the creek in the cave. Oh, yeah. We did it. Um, but the caveat was he could do the naked show if he kept his guitar over his junk the whole time. That was his caveat. That was his husband's caveat. This is like right before they got married. Wow, that's a very interesting. Okay. This whole thing. Um, Ooh, it's okay. fine. I get it. Like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Like, people have their comfort zones, and that was out of Chris's. And were you fully nude? Yeah, or? totally. Okay. I've been naked all the time. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I used to do a thing called Naked Girls Reading with uh, Nasty Canasta. Okay, so so you were on Naked Show together, but yeah. like, we didn't see his junk. Yeah, and I was like a real shitty person about this. Because I was just like, you've seen me naked all the time. Just just show just, it to me. Just just flash it for a second. I want to see. Just, just, just real quick. Like I just. <laughs> this is a this is a playing field that needs to be fucking level. Okay. Like I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not interested in it as a thing that I want to like mess with. I just want to see it. You're my friend. You're my You've friend. Seen my bush. I want to see this thing. Show me your goddamn genitals um, and we were backstage uh in that tiny little with a bunch of other naked people like everyone's fucking naked back there just yeah. like own it like he just kept the guitar on backstage and then just for a second he like moved it over and i saw it and it was over and then it was gone behind the guitar again so i cannot assess its size uh it was a dick it was his dick what do you feel satisfied by it yeah okay yeah, well, that's I good. feel leveled. I feel even. <laughs> that's solid. Yeah, good for you. I'm a jerk. I <laughs> I demanded it because I know we I know we wanted to. Oh, you strong. So yeah, that's wonderful. That's that's, that's when I pressured someone into showing their junk to me. Yeah. If he honestly though, if he had been like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I'd have let it go. But mm. like, he was doing that thing where he's like, I can't. I can't. And like, you get into a certain pattern with someone and you know, like, you're not pushing like a boundary. Like, if yeah. he'd been it, if, and honestly, like, if he had, We've sung about your dick so much at yeah, this point. Yeah, like, it's my friend and I've never met it. Let uh, me meet your uh, friend. Let me meet our friend. <laughs> let me meet that titular dick. <laughs> you, uh, you referenced uh, earlier that you're, you know, you're very subby. Yeah. Uh, and that was something I remember being concerned about when mm -hmm. we were in our, in our very short time together. Yeah. Because I am like not the, I, I am not the Dom you were looking for. Yeah. Um, that is not, I am not that guy. Uh, That's okay. I, I at best can become a spanker if I practice hard enough. Mm -hmm. But like, whoa, am I not the one who's really going to convince you? Yeah. Uh, so when I did come over, that one night, I was thinking, like, man, if we start playing around, like, 
am I going to be dominant enough? It's just going to be like two subs in a in a bed together and nothing's going to happen. Two subs in a bed together go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's like, yeah, what happens if you put like two submissive people in a bed together? I don't know. They talk about their feelings and watch The Notebook. I yeah. don't know. Like that thing's going to, no one's going to lead the way. Yeah. When did you know and get the inklings that you were all subby bdsm hitty um in that in that uh that long-term dom sub relationship um the trimmer the the trimmer the butt stuff um then um i realized that that like really gets me um like 10 out of 10 sex man Uh, 10 uh, out of 10 like pretty much every time there's something about the the thrill and the excitement and also with a sexual partner who can turn this off because this just like goes all the time i'm pointing to my skull yeah my brain for my completely audio listeners um but i'm just like i'm constantly thinking and always like connecting and assess and maybe that's why i don't form really good memories because i'm just too busy like connecting something to the next thing and then like it's all about that um and it's nice in a sexual relationship to have someone just go i'm gonna take that and i'm just gonna shut it down for a while like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna shut it off and it's just not gonna be a thing um and i noticed with a lot of partners um i always had this like joke in my head and it's not really a joke it's just like a weird observation like if you can get me sexy before I give you a weird nickname in my head, then we're going to do this. Then it's going to happen. Like So before you've like thought of like what before to, I what thought to make about fun how, of me, if I've like, grabbed the, your if hair I, if by I, the back I, of the head. If, I, if you've gotten me into a point where like I'm not thinking about how you look like Peter Dinklage, that's the first one I can think of, I, which actually happened to me. Like I was okay. having... I was just no, worried no, no, you were no, pointing no, no, at no, me. No, 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 uh, I had a moment oh. where I was like getting getting busy with this guy. Um, and all of a sudden I was like, you look kind of like Peter Dinklage. And like, it wasn't a bad thing. Like Peter Dinklage is amazing. Like if Peter Dinklage like knocked on my door and he was like, we're gonna do this, Rachel, I'd be like, I'm fucking down. You're Tyrion Lannister. I am about this. But it was Which just Game like, of Thrones outfit do you want me to put on right now? Because I like, have several. Like, are we like- uh, Does a girl have no name or am I, you know, am yeah, I, am I your sister? What am uh, I- What's what's happening? Tell me. Am I a dragon? I will dress up like a dragon. <laughs> uh, you can ride this dragon, Peter Dinklage. And I have a dragon um, strap on dick that I bought at a sex store. But suddenly the concept of comparing this man to Peter Dinklage was so funny that I just couldn't, I couldn't get in the zone with it. I just couldn't. I just like, I couldn't get there. It was over. It was done. Like it was dead. Like libido shut down. Um, And I think for me, that like dom sub relationship lives in that kind of realm of of emotional connection you know like if you are connected with someone in that way you trust them with your safety you trust them to shock you with uh what's that thing that like the sexy cattle prod. Yeah. And you know that they're like, that they're not going to hurt you, but they're going to like toy with your emotions Mm -hmm. and you're letting them do that. Like that's, that's a kind of trust that like gets you past the, I'm going to make a funny joke in my head about the way you like thrust or whatever, you know? And 
I can get there with someone if I really care for them. Like full disclosure, like John and I are both kind of subby people. Mm. Um, we're sort of navigating the waters of like how we express ourselves sexually. Um, and, you know, it stays pretty vanilla because um, I'm not very dominant and he's not very dominant. And sometimes we just like, okay, we're just going to watch cartoons and live that life. Aww. And like, that's the fucking best. And then when we have sex, I love it. But I don't find myself like being like geared toward that filthier like. You don't find yourself in subspace. I don't find I don't find that I need it in the way that I've needed it in past relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. I I find that we're making an emotional connection when we have sex that I wouldn't trade for all the door frames in the world. You know, because like when when we have sex, I can think those silly thoughts like I can think something really funny about what we're doing or how weird sex is. But I'll still get off because I just I care so much and I'm so invested in the moment that suddenly like he doesn't have to turn my brain off. Mm. He just like my brain goes and it thinks funny thoughts. And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have an orgasm now. Like it's the weirdest like and the the best like and highly irregular in my history that's all i'm so glad this is the bonus episode because oh i think I, this is actually going to be the normal one. No! i think i'm gonna I, I do think i am gonna swap them no oh shit but yeah so john if you're listening which i'll probably make you listen that's how i feel but, i don't think i've ever actually said these words to you in the world but that's how i feel sometimes i think something's just really fucking funny when we're doing it (laughs) and i don't let it stop me from being sexy with you so i love you get over it shut up you jerk oh yeah john this is it was very sweet and wonderful watching her say that her like face looked so just i don't know pure and loving oh yeah yeah Uh, that was a beautiful moment what a fucking doofus i love him No, now I'm feeling it. Damn Yay! It. Let's talk, no, let's talk more let's about the... Let's make you cry. Let's, let's make you no, cry. No, let's talk about the nature of humanity, because I'm more <laughs> comfortable talking about that. We're talking about problematic yeah. jokes. Oh. oh, yeah. Did that go for you, too? Yeah. Yeah, that was just the headphone jack. Our headphones got weird. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> well, I, on that on that weird and very sweet note, mm-hmm. uh, that makes me all like mm, squirrely and happy, bubbly, makes emotional. Makes me feel disgusted yeah. but like happy i mean you know? that makes me be like i want to go fall in love you know how like uh, you know how, like <laughs> when you see a baby that's so cute you like want to bite its head off because it's so cute no i've never felt this <laughs> oh it's, okay then never mind uh i cannot yes and that or, one okay <laughs> or it's, that is a like, firm no but oh no but uh, <laughs> why would you ever want to bite a baby's head off there's a legitimate scientific reaction that some people have when they see something incredibly cute that like you know like i just want to squeeze you to death like that can, feeling can I, I, can I very slightly touch you for a moment in, a, in a, yeah the way your hair was falling looked like it was full unibrow hooray because the, the part that came down and then it goes horizontal where it like curved it matched. It just lined up oh, yeah. perfectly across. And I was just like, does she have a unibrow? I said to confirm no. or no. not. No unibrow. Me. Okay. Harry cool. Pitts, Harry Legs, no unibrow. <laughs> not that unibrows are bad, but no. it just all of a sudden it's like, I, I can't tell if that's like hair or just the, 
I'm connecting. Oh well, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rachel, you know, once one more time, can you tell us where can we find you? We can find you on Twitter at I am Rachel Shank. Yes. Uh R A C H E L S C H E N K. My name is Bonkers. Uh, <laughs> you can also follow my brand new Twitter page that I started. Um, I'm calling photos from my Instagram feed uh, to be a photo series uh, highlighting the shitty behavior of uh, strap hangers on the New York City MTA. It's called at the MTA holes at the MTA holes. Mm. I haven't posted anything on it yet because uh, I need to pick a day and are, find all my old photos from Instagram and move them. Are you not at Rachel Quirky? Not on on Instagram. On Instagram. Oh, okay. Because I because while we were talking earlier, like I recorded a little boomerang of you and I put it on my story and I tagged it, but I was like. I'm not actually necessarily sure that that's her. Yeah. So I no. was like, did I tag a random fucking Rachel? Yeah. No, I'm Rachel Quirky on Insta mm-hmm. because that's easy. Actually, yeah. you are Rachel. And this is, I didn't have Instagram. I only got Instagram this year when we met and I got your number. Like you went in my phone as Rachel Quirky. Yeah. It, that's how uh, much it is. Of value. Yeah. Facebook. It's my name. Why did you make me take it off? <laughs> Fuck you, Facebook. Um, and again, go get, go check out the app. Go get, go buy, go purchase. Yeah, purchase. The Afterbirth Monkey, the second album. The What's second the, album, Making a Beeline to Wasted. It's, um, they, the songs are so funny. Yeah, Be Like the Bug, B-E-E. But just look up Afterbirth Monkey. Don't buy the first album. I mean, do give me money, but don't listen to it. Just buy it. Right. Just ignore it. Um, and if you want to see me live. Uh, November, November. I, so you don't have to go scroll through your yeah, phone Yeah, no, again. I remember now. Um, November <laughs> Second uh, at eight p.m. I will be at Anyone Comics in Brooklyn for a Metropolis burlesque show. Um, I will be doing two very nerdy burlesque numbers. You can see me in one of my very rare appearances under the nom de plume Charles Stunning, and then I will be doing music on November eleventh at the Parkside Lounge in a show called "You Are an Experience," and it is a tribute to a cartoon. Uh, that I cannot say the name of, uh, but if you understand the phrase, you are an experience, and you understand fusions, and you understand gems, then you should come is check it a, out. A show with, I don't watch cartoons, but it's a show with like two people, and one's an old person, one's a kid? No, it's, uh, it's with not, three magical it's creatures, and, okay. and one very emotionally honest young boy. Sure. Uh, you are an experience. Well, you're an experience. I don't understand the phrase, but Rachel, yeah. you are an experience. And, oh, thank you. And thank you for coming on. Well, and thank thanks for, for doing the me. live show again. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for switching up the plot and making the bonus episode the episode. The bonus episode's really fun, though. You should like totally yeah. like buy. What is going to be the bonus episode is also really good. And y'all should go. And she tells a wonderful story about like meeting her boyfriend and, and some other fun using things. Using my, my, uh, my, my labia trimmer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Go check so if you out. want to know more about my sweet vagine, become a patron. Yeah. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. And why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Uh, goodbye, everyone. And remember, stay slutty. Oh, she remembers the sign off. <laughs> Well, wasn't Rachel just fucking awesome? Do y'all want her to take over hosting duties for me? Because I think I can arrange that. And it just might be warranted. Uh, She was a delight. Oh, my. Again, go follow her on all the social medias. Go check out her shows. Go buy um, her Afterbirth Monkey album on iTunes and the stuff. 
and the like. Uh, I love seeing and reading your feedback, both positive and negative. Maybe just email me the negative, tweet the positive. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresita. Become hashtag so brave and like the Manwhore Podcast Facebook page, uh, which you can find under Manwhore Podcast. Please stop sending me personal friend requests. I do not know you, uh, or at least not yet. If you want to get to know me, if you want to uh, you know, say something uh, in longer than 140 characters, email me your comments, your questions, your booby pictures, whatever, to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Next week, we've got one hell of an episode with a, uh, a porn publicist, uh, nay, the porn publicist, Lainey Spicer. Y'all are going to enjoy that next week, uh, but more immediately, you're going to get to enjoy one of Rachel Shank's very funny ditties, one of her very funny songs. I'm going to play uh, out for you right now. So enjoy your song. Enjoy yourselves. Stay slutty.
Nine, ten, we do it all again.